Welcome to Misunderstood, a podcast dedicated to better understanding MS and learning to live well with MS. I'm your host, Katie Sloan. Our usual reminders as we begin. First, I am not an expert. I'm just a person like you, living with MS and trying to make the best of it. Misunderstood is based on my personal experience, what I've learned from my doctors, other care providers, and my own solutions-oriented research and pattern-finding obsession. While the majority of the information I share has been vetted by doctors, I am not a doctor. My intention is that you use the information shared here as a springboard for discussion between you and your doctor regarding your future care options. And lastly, MS impacts each of us uniquely. I hope to shine a light on a wide range of approaches and strategies for living better with MS. But what you choose to do with that information is always your choice. And what works for one may not work for all. In our previous episode, we met Ashok Gupta, creator of the GuptaProgram.com, a powerful and highly successful limbic reprocessing program for healing. I hope that if you are struggling at all with depression, anxiety, or find yourself stuck in negative or destructive thinking patterns, or that you've tried everything and still have yet to achieve your MS health goals, that you'll give it a try. Remember, Ashuk offers a free month of access to the program, and this is a tried and true way to develop a healing mindset and support your pathway from illness to wellness. Revisit episode 61 if you'd like to hear more. Today, we are joined by another fantastic guest that I recently met, Robbie Gillette. Robbie is a super cool human living with MS who is also the author of an incredible collection of MS-related poetry called Thoughts of a Warrior Beneath the Tracksuit. Before we meet Robbie, it's time for this episode's gratitude. My gratitude for this episode is for all the really cool people I get to meet through this podcast and then get to share with you, too. Today, I am especially grateful for a newer MS friend that I actually met through today's guest. Robbie introduced me to an out-of-this-world talented artist who also lives with MS, Adam, A-T-O-M, St. George. You'll likely hear directly from Adam at some point on the show to speak about his artwork, but I wanted to share just a quick bit about him now so that he's on your radar and you can start enjoying his artwork and supportive Facebook community sooner than later. Adam lives in California, a few hours south of me. He has a Facebook group of four and a half thousand followers and growing. He uses his art as a tool of expression. He paints with numb hands, transmuting his pain and MS story into stunning acrylic paintings that run the gamut from bright and playful to dark and haunting. If you explore his collection, you'll see delightful images beyond your imagination. From playful panda bears riding flamingos to angry yet very cute ink blot monsters with lots of gnashing teeth thoroughly enjoying a meal of giraffes to dark haunting skulls with empty and seemingly endless eye sockets that to me perfectly embody the pain of optic neuritis. Adam is a truly gifted artist. 
I was blown away when he shared with me that when he begins a painting, he has no real plan. Rather, he embraces what he sees emerging on the canvas. On his Instagram page, Adam St. George, there are a few videos of him painting where you can watch the entire process unfold. It's truly fascinating and also quite a moving experience to watch. Adam also has an Etsy shop where you can view or purchase his art to support his efforts. Adam's artwork. Remember, A-T-O-M. Yesterday, I received a package in the mail from Adam containing a small canvas print of one of his pieces and a collection of stickers of his artwork. Gifts I will truly cherish for life. I'm currently redecorating my workspace with special MS-related things that inspire me, so this treasured gift came at the perfect time. As someone who has experienced numbness and loss of fine and gross motor in my arms and hands that still revisits me from time to time, being able to see what Adam is able to create propels me forward and reminds me that even in the midst of the numbness, like Adam, I can still create beautiful things. Check out Adam's Etsy shop, Instagram, and I'll hope to see you on his Facebook page too, Art of Adam St. George. It's beautiful to engage with folks there and see just how inspiring and comforting his work is to others in our shared MS community and beyond. Thank you, Adam, for sharing your art with us and for your heartfelt care package. You are truly a gift to the world, and I'm very grateful for your friendship. Okay, let's now talk about today's guest, Robbie Gillette. I first came across Robbie on Facebook, where he has a robust Facebook presence with 5.6 thousand followers and growing. I immediately felt drawn to Robbie's poetry, where he writes about his lived MS experience. His poems are highly relatable, as you'll soon hear for yourself. I wanted to showcase Robbie on Misunderstood because he deeply understands and has personally experienced the power of the written word as a healing tool, and he has published an incredible book of poetry titled Thoughts of a Warrior Beneath the Tracksuit that both comforts and inspires those of us living with MS. After following his page for a while, I purchased his book, Beneath the Tracksuit, for less than 10 US dollars on Amazon. I first read it on a day when I was feeling particularly low, which, as you likely know from personal experience, comes with the territory of living with MS. Robbie's poetry immediately comforted me. His words tugged at my heartstrings, and the deep understanding he conveyed through his writing felt like he was writing directly for me to let me know that he understood and that it was okay to feel how I was feeling. That prompted me to reach out to Robbie, and that's where our collaboration for this episode and our friendship began. Robbie's poetry provides a window into the many challenges we face as people living with MS, which is an incredible service to our shared MS community because readers who don't have MS are immediately able to better understand the many challenges we face in ways we ourselves may struggle to put into words. Robbie's writing exemplifies vulnerability, humility, and yes, even humor at times. In the front of his book, Robbie writes, quote, 
I am just me. These are my thoughts and this is my life. That statement perfectly sums up Robbie. He lives in the UK with his wife and family, and just like many of us, he is just trying to live his best life as someone living with MS. To him, it's an unexpected bonus that his poetry helps others, too. Without further ado, let's listen in on our conversation to learn more about Robbie, his pathway to poetry, and to hear him share a few special selections from his first published book, Thoughts of a Warrior, Beneath the Tracksuit. All right. Hey, welcome, Robbie. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Pleasure is mine. Let's dive in right to your MS story. If you could tell us just a little bit about your pathway to diagnosis and just a little bit about your life experience as someone living with MS. Living with MS is hard and it's difficult and the challenges are different every day. Yeah, so anyway, I was diagnosed in 2015. It took me a year to get diagnosed with MS. I, um, I froze at work. The symptoms I showed were similar to a stroke. I'd frozen at work over, lent over a kitchen unit, building one, I was a kitchen fitter. And I was stuck there for about 15 minutes. I couldn't move, I couldn't shout, couldn't do nothing. I was just, I was stuck there. So I, um, uh, after I came round, sort of straight away to the doctors, I probably shouldn't have drove, but I did. I got in my car and I drove. I drove straight to the doctors. What's the matter with me? Um, and they thought it was a stroke, so they send you off for all of these tests, an ultrasound, blood tests, balance tests, MRI scans, ECG. Um, and a lumbar puncture and another MRI scan and they add all of it up together and there you are you you have MS thank you very much <laughs> yeah but um, following following frozen at being frozen at work the following days my hands would curl shut would have these crushing headaches and then they would just go away they would go away so the doctors at first didn't think MS they would you run a typical of this and they label me clinic clinical isolated syndrome at first that's what they thought and then uh, the longer time went on the more symptoms would come and go but the scans would show more inflammation in the brain so and yeah added up to ms I had a similar experience where I was clinically isolated syndrome as well. And they also thought it was a stroke. And so it's interesting, the more and more people I talk with, with MS, you know, we have that similar experience where they have no idea what's wrong with us. And it usually takes, you know, a couple of incidents for them to figure it out. Um, what about since then? And what about uh, disease modifying therapies? Can you talk with us about your experience with those? Well, since then, I, um, I, they put me on alemtruzumab, which is Lemtrada for short. And I was had my first lot of infusions because it's five days in a row. And then the following year, I had another three infusions. And then the following year to that, I had a significant relapse, which 
put me to where I am now. So I've got my drop foot now. My balance is so bad. My skin is constantly on fire. Cold water burns me. Fresh air blows and it burns my skin. Mm. Um, and my eyes, they, they're they okay most of the time. But if I overheat, they start to sit out of place. That's the best way I could put it. Um, but that's leftover damage from a relapse a few years ago where I had to wear an eye patch because... I couldn't, I couldn't, it's not that I couldn't see, everything was double, everything was double. Um, and I lived like that for about three weeks and I phoned my neurologist, eventually got through to him and he said to me, close one eye. I closed one eye and now I could see. <laughs> and it took three weeks for somebody to tell me that. But, um, but yeah, um, and these are just, they can just happen. That just happened. Um, I came downstairs and my wife was standing next to herself and there you go. I have double vision and it wasn't there earlier. Um, <laughs> and it, MS is scary. MS is scary and it can happen as quick as that. My last relapse where I got my drop foot and my balance issues and fatigue, I was just walking home one day and I just noticed I was dragging my foot across the floor. I was ruining my shoes. I, I didn't know what was happening. I was just, it just wouldn't lift off the floor. So I took my shoe off and I just carried on walking home, but I'm still dragging my foot across the floor. Um, and then balance just comes in just one night from walking home. There was nothing the matter with me when I went out. And now I can't walk straight walking home. Got no balance. My legs won't hold me up and I'm dragging it across the floor. And it happened as quick as I had. Yeah, the unpredictability of this disease is uh, definitely... a a heavy load to carry sometimes, right? Because we there's nothing we can do about it. It happens when it happens. Trying to not live in that state of fear is a big thing to, to accomplish because um, my hand used to curl shut. So I've got a brace for it now. So when it, when it starts to do that, I hold a brace on. But these things can just happen. And so the fear of it is horrendous. Um, and it's hard to not live in fear of it because something can just happen. And after I had Lemtrada, which was the most intense treatment at the time, so I had the best they had to offer and I continued to get sick. So <laughs> it scares me. Yeah, it, it scares me. Um, but since coming off Lemtrada, I've, I've been on Ocrevus for the last three years, Ocreluzumab. And so far, I haven't relapsed clinically. But I believe I've just been for an MRI scan two weeks ago and I've got an appointment with my neurologist in two weeks to discuss the results of my MRI scan um, because I'm getting all these new symptoms. I'm getting all this burning in my legs. So when I'm going to sleep, I'm tossing and turning and my legs are on fire because I, I put pressure on them and it happens when I'm out and about. They just start to burn. And um, I don't know where it come from. It was just one of them things that just happened. So just like with the eye patch and the drop foot, it just happened. So that sort of makes me think it's a relapse. But I guess I won't know for another two weeks. <laughs> yeah, such, such is life with MS. Um, I will yeah. share with you that uh, several years ago, I had many of the skin sensations you're talking about. And yeah. they were frightening. Um, 
the unpredictability and the, uh, the magnitude of the pain. And I also had neurologic itching, which was like out of control itching. And, um, I will tell you that I don't have that at all anymore. So know that that can be temporary, but it's real. that is a really tough symptom of MS because nothing, you know, nothing topical that you put on it is going no. to help. You've probably <laughs> tried everything like I did. Yes. Um, you know, I had some relief with some cannabis cream, um, but not a whole lot. So, uh, but please keep in your mind that that symptom can go away. And I really hope it does for you. And I want to thank you for sharing so much so vulnerably about all of the different symptoms you've experienced, because a lot of people listening will be able to relate to that um, because they've experienced similar. And so thank you for that. And then I really want to shift now to why you are really here today. And I want to talk to you about how you use writing and specifically poetry as a tool to express yourself and, you know, help you deal with living with MS. And so, you know, go ahead and tell us, first of all, how did you get started writing? Well, it was, it, it sort of fell into my lap, if you like. I am. Um obviously with MS comes depression for a lot of people, not with, not with all, everyone, but definitely low mood and these thoughts in your head. So I was seeing, um, not seeing, it was through lockdown. So we was voice, voice chatting. I was voice chatting a counselor and he suggested to me, write a diary, write a thought diary. So I downloaded a thought diary app and I did it, but it was, uh, let's go with rubbish let's go it didn't it had no volume to it it was monday i feel like crap tuesday i'm okay thursday i feel worse than monday friday i hate myself and this was my diary and it had no context to it i'd read it back and it would just break me but fair dues if you are depressed then you probably shouldn't read your thought diary back to you but you can't compare one day to another without reading back to it. So it would just break me. Um, but I was listening to a, an artist at the time, Jelly Roll, and he writes and sings with so much pain and is so real. And his words resonated to me a lot. So I thought maybe I could take these words off my page and turn them into something different like he did. And so I started writing poems instead. I was never very good at it when I was younger. Um, but it was something, something different that I felt figured that would work for me. So I started writing poetry. And it was first, it was a few lines and then it was whole verses. And then it was, and then it came poem after poem after poem. And it was where I could put my emotions instead of writing monday i feel like rubbish tuesday i'm smiling today it was somewhere where if something bothered me i could write about it and then i could read it back and i could be proud of what i'd read what i'd written even though it was some of it is so sad some of it is happy but a lot of it i write on my bad days because that's where i release my pain and that's where i put my thoughts and that's where i put my emotions into poetry so I did that and it was fantastic, but nobody knew. 
nobody knew. I was embarrassed to tell my wife. Um, but obviously, I I live with my wife. I can't hide it from her. So I showed her, and she's like, "This is amazing. This is so good. You should share it." No, no, I was never going to share. Never ever going to share my poetry. Nobody is ever supposed to read something that I've written to deal with my pain. I wouldn't. You wouldn't share your diary with someone, as where this is like my diary. This is where I put my pain, and I said no. I said no for ages, for quite a while. And but with persistent, yes, you could share it. You sh it could help other people. It could help people understand because what you write is real. This is what she would say to me. So I agreed. I I agreed, and I launched a Facebook page called Beneath the Tracksuit, which was the title of my second poem after. Um, a discussion with somebody in a disabled parking bay. That poem was called Beneath the Tracksuit um, because I wear tracksuits. I'm young, I'm, I'm 33, um, and people don't see what's inside. They don't see what's underneath. They see what's on the front. I wear a tracksuit and I've got a snap, snapback hat. Why am I parking in a disabled bay? Um, because people are so quick to judge. But and that's how it is. That's how it is. But so beneath the tracksuit was resonated to me. So that was my name, Robbie from beneath the tracksuit. And poetry, poetry was what I did. And I, I shared it and shared it. And I, the more I write, the more I share. And I've been writing on Facebook, well, sharing on Facebook for a year and two months. And I've just gained just over 6,000 followers. And that's incredible, the messages that I receive from people that read my work, um, because a lot of it is exactly what my wife said it would be. People not feeling they're alone, people thanking me for me being so honest, because now it feels like they can be honest. I write a poem called Mark Cart about driving a Mark Cart round the shop I'm 30 years old driving a Mark cart around the supermarket. And now I have people messaging me saying, thank you, because of you, I am now driving a Mark cart. Because of you, I understand that it's okay. That it's okay. And that's the big thing to say. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be disabled and be young. And to live that way, I live that way. Um, a lot of us live that way. So, That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You know, and it's so true. If we can make the the load that others are carrying just a little lighter or help people not feel so alone, then it is worth putting ourselves out there. I feel the same way with this podcast. It's definitely out of my comfort zone, but if I can help share information that's going to help even one person, it's worth it. So thank you so much for everything you do for yourself, but also sharing it vulnerably with the community. And I got to tell you, when I picked up my copy of Beneath the Tracksuit, I had a similar experience. I could relate to so much of what you wrote. And it was, you know, unlike things I'd ever written before, because it is raw, it is real. And I think anyone who picks up this book who has MS will find what you, you wrote completely relatable and um, really comforting to them. So, and I love the title, Beneath the Tracksuit. That's uh, so clever. 
it's a good one. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of your book, um, you have some poems that you're going to share with us today. And you have one in particular that I love about what writing does for you called I'm a writer. And I'd love for you to share that with us today. So I'm a writer. I write for me. I write to express my pain. Life gets to me, my illness does too. So putting pen to paper really helps explain. I write when I can't find the words. I write to feel safe. Putting words together for me in my own little space. I write when I'm happy, but I write more when I'm broken. Here I find the words, the words that need to be spoken. When I write, I become someone new. I become free. I take the pain from my life and turn it into something of beauty. I see words, I see my future brighter. I find myself at peace the day I became a writer. Oh, goosebumps. Yeah, you absolutely did turn your pain into something beautiful there. Um, thank thank you. you for that. And, you know, longtime listeners will know that we, there's a group of us engaging in a writing to heal pilot this year for 10 months where we are doing neuroplasticity journaling prompts. And, you know, there's a lot of research that supports writing as a healing tool. And I think that you finding this on your own, maybe completely even unaware of the data. I mean, obviously the, the counselor that suggested it probably had some idea, um, but you know, there is real data behind how writing can really, really help us kind of release emotions. And um, wow, you are a writer and you've inspired me to pick up the pen a little more than I currently do. Thank you for that. Let's, let's move into talking about depression because you mentioned that earlier and you're right. It doesn't impact all of us, but about 80% of us at some point will experience temporary or ongoing depression. And I think it's so critical to have a way to release that in the moment so that we don't, you know, make it worse because any of us that have experienced depression know that it can compound and get worse and worse and snowball out of control. So you have a poem you wrote about depression that I'd love for you to share today um, called Within. Okay, you ready? Yeah. All right, super. Within. I'm always trying my best. Happy one day, the rest, I'm sick, I'm depressed. Sometimes I'm on top of the world, I love life. I feel like I'm flying. Others I want to hide away, I feel like I'm dying. Living like this is hard, I hope it will one day be easy. People give me their kindness, hoping that it will relieve me. It works for a moment, then I end up back where I started, sad, in pain usually broken-hearted. Even with the support around me, all their comforting words, doctors, my family, my friends, no one can fix the hurt. I do what I can to move forward, not let this disease win, show everyone a smile and not the hurt within. Thank you. Beautiful. Wow. Thank you. Ooh, that one hits really deeply. Um, yeah. You know, we, we try to put our best face forward 
um, yes. to not have, you know, our family and friends really understand what it can be like, the real dark side of MS. Um, that that is just a, a beautiful, beautiful poem. Thank you for that. And um, I want to share with listeners that your book contains so many different themes that are relevant for all of us with MS. Um, for instance, you, you know, unique challenges we face living often with an invisible illness, um, how MS impacts your life, the struggles, you know, everything in your writing is incredibly relatable and a comfort to others. And, and I agree with you, the power of truly understanding, uh, we shouldn't underestimate that. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and in addition to your poetry throughout the book, you include your thoughts and advice on a variety of topics, which I also found really helpful, especially since the first time I read your book, I wasn't having a great day MS wise. And um, it really, really helped me um, kind of out of that low place. And so, for example, um, being grateful, you write about. And I'm curious if you could share a few of your thoughts on gratitude and how you try to live with gratitude. Gratitude is, um, is fantastic. But since I became ill and especially depressed, trying to find a way through but trying to notice the better things that have come from your life and be grateful for a lot um because it, it gives you another feeling of being happy so just to be great i'm very grateful for my wife i'm very grateful for the support she gives me and my kids around me i'm very grateful for the doctors and nurses we have in this country um we obviously we're in the uk over here so we obviously have the nhs which which they are there and they're brilliant. Um, but some countries are really don't have the luxury to have doctors and nurses like this. Um, and to be grateful for the things that are around me. I'm very grateful that I found the ability to write um, because it really helped pull me out of a hole. It really did. And it still does now. It still does now. I release poems every other week onto the internet. Um, because I've got a whole list of poems that I've written that still lots of people haven't read or, or seen or heard. Um, and I'm very grateful that I, that I managed to get that because not everybody has that. Um, and, but I'm very grateful for everybody that reads them, everybody that reads my stuff, everybody that bought my book. It, I'm, I'm very grateful. And I try, I try my best to remember that because when I'm sinking into holes, I, you said earlier about people that live ongoing depression. I live with ongoing depression and I have done most of my life. Um, so trying to maintain that level of I'm not depressed today is a difficult challenge. It's a difficult challenge. So gratitude is, is something that can help along the way with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have found too that um, really focusing on gratitude in those low moments does help pull me up. And what a beautiful thing that your expression of gratitude then results in everyone being gratitude, you know, being gracious and, and grateful for you and what you're bringing to the plate. So um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's interesting how it, within our community, we can, by helping ourselves also help others right so that yeah, gratitude gift just kind of keeps going and going and going so you and i can agree that living with ms is hard 
And, um, you know, when we first met to plan this episode together, we talked about those hardships. And we also talked about that there are some real good things that have happened in our lives since our MS journey began. And you, in fact, wrote a poem about that that I'd love for you to read today called Make MS My Friend. And then we'll kind of chat about that because I think this is a really important one for people to hear. Okay. Make MS My Friend. You came to me. You came to live in my brain. Why do we constantly hurt each other? Don't you ever feel the same? Why do we have to fight? What if I was to make you my friend? What if we just stop and try and live peacefully till the end? Instead of seeing you as the enemy, I could call you my friend, Stephen. I don't upset you. You leave me alone. We can both be even. If I treat you with respect, I'll rest when you need. Can we live peacefully together? Would you do this for me, please? We don't have to be enemies. You don't need to keep hurting me. If we work together, maybe we can live in peace. Oof. Love that one. You know, um, I'm at a point where in my life, I think of um, someone, someone shared this analogy with me and I can't remember who at the moment, but uh, just thinking about MS and there are some ways that it's a gift, but it's wrapped in really ugly, ugly wrapping paper um, and certainly not without huge challenges, but there are some good things that have happened since then. And um, you know, what are some of the things that you can say that have happened for you that have been good as a result of MS? My level of connection has grown significantly, especially over the last three years. Um, I had MS and I lived with it. I didn't really pay any attention to it. I had the odd relapse and odd dodgy symptom. But since I had my last relapse two and a half years ago, three years ago, I really connected with the world. I'm connecting with you right now. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm connected with this fantastic artist um, from California um, called Atom St. George, and he's fantastic, but he has it, and he's amazing. But we connect on a one-to-one -one level that the texting each other is a bit difficult with the time differences. So, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we connected on a, on a good level. I've connected with people all around the country that, I never knew before. I've made friends that have a very similar view to life to what I do. And that's amazing. And I meet all these amazing people all around the world that I never, I would never have focused in before. I, I lived a very go to work nine to five, come home, dinner, bath, bed, um, every, every day and the weekends. Um, but now I work very differently. I work from, my laptop or my phone um but i get to meet amazing people all around the world i found that i could write as where i would have snubbed poetry before absolutely snubbed it it would definitely not something that i would have considered myself doing um writing a book i would have never never ever would i have thought of writing a book a member of my family actually said to me he said to me i'm shocked you wrote a book of all of the things you could do, you, you're a builder, you fit kitchens, you're a plumber. You wrote a book of poetry. 
And he said, that is probably the most shocking thing I could have imagined. And that's, that there is, there is. But MS gave me that. MS gave me that. I, I managed to release a book. I swear it's something I would have never, never done before. So if I'm to take positives from MS, new friends, and you get to see the world in a completely different light. Sometimes it's not, you don't see things in the best light because you can see the ugly nature in people. But you also see the true nature of people, which can be a good thing to the people that you do meet. And MS, it, it's an awful disease. I'm not bigging it up at any at any point. It's taken so much from me, my mobility, and my, the way I think, the way I can and can't do things now. Um, but if I try to remember the things that it has given me, then I can take some form of positive. And when you learn you sort of learn your MS despite the relapses, then you can then find a way of living around it. You know, if you overexert yourself that you're going to pay for it the next three days. So don't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I sleep sometimes twice, three times a day because I know my body needs it. Um, so you just trying to live with it, learning to live with it. And, and that's a big thing. And then connecting with people that are going through the same thing and, you can compare notes if you like, but the help and support is there if, if you reach out. I was never one for reaching out, but yet here we are. <laughs> right, right. Are. I, I know I'd love to to reach out and tell people if there's anyone listening who's suffering in isolation, reach out. Yeah. Um, there's yeah, so many right. ways to get connected. You know, we live in a digital world and here we are talking halfway across the world right now. There's really no limitations and there's no reason for anyone to deal with this alone. Um, so thank you for that. And I think your book is just such um, a, a companion, a comforting companion. Um, when I'm feeling low, I can pick it up and really resonate with what you're saying. And even that is, is such a comfort. And so I want to recommend to listeners today, you know, pick up a copy of Beneath the Tracksuit. It's widely available. I purchased it on Amazon for less than 10 US dollars, and it's worth so much more than that. Um, tell us again, just a little bit, in addition to purchasing your book, people can find you on Facebook. Tell us that page name one more time. My Facebook page is Beneath the Tracksuit. As well, I have a Twitter as well, which is Beneath the Tracksuit. And in the future, YouTube and Instagram, but these all come after September. I need to find the time to do that. But yeah, Beneath the Tracksuit and the book, Thoughts of a Warrior, Beneath the Tracksuit. Um, Thoughts of a Warrior was going to be like the first name. So you never know what's the future. Um, but again, Beneath the Tracksuit. And I launched it on Amazon. It went on Amazon first and then it went everywhere so i'm pretty sure you can buy anywhere on the internet now but amazon it's 6.99 over here um, i think it's nine dollars and 17 cents in america yeah I, I think it's something like that um yeah it's fantastic I, I i duck into it quite a lot i've had some of the best personal reviews from people messaging me and telling me thank you thank you for just putting it into words what they're feeling and the best one for me is, is I don't feel so alone. I don't feel so alone. I absolutely love that. Um, and another one as well is people's carers and their wives or their husbands. 
coming to me and saying thank you because now I actually have an idea of what they're going through because they can't explain it to me which is funny because I'm terrible at explaining things to my wife <laughs> um but it's just she, when she reads my poems or I read them to her then she sort of has a has an idea of what's going on in my head lately um as we're verbally speaking I struggle um with verbally speaking a lot having ms you can't find the right word or you forget your line of forget your line of speech and or you might stutter your way out of it um so talking can be a difficult task um with ms but so writing for me and I, I did most of it on my phone and I still do I do most of it on my phone um, right. You don't, we don't need fancy tools, right? Just in the moment. And so I hope if someone's listening and you're thinking, gosh, maybe I should consider start starting to write just when you're feeling low, pick up your phone like Robbie did and just start, start writing. I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it because it doesn't, you don't have to write a poet. You don't have to write a poem. Even just to write down your thoughts, you could write even a short story about yourself, just something, just, just even just journaling, because we all work differently in different ways. But something that you can look back at and go, Yeah, I did that, I did that, or just a way of getting something off your chest and a way it makes sense. And, and that's what writing does for me. That's great. That's great. Thank you. I'm so glad that you found writing and that your writing has found me and so many others in the world. Um, and is there any, I just want to thank you for being here today, for vulnerably sharing your writing, because I know that that can be hard. Um, is there anything else you want to share with listeners today before we sign off? Just just to stay strong. That's, that's my biggest thing. I think between a lot of us MS ms fighters that we um stay strong is a message that comes at the end of most messages stay strong and it's okay to not be okay when you have them crappy days and you don't want to get out of bed it's okay to not do that it's okay to not be okay i can't express that enough because the amount of times that you feel yourself not being okay but beating up yourself for not being okay then makes it worse and then you're then not okay for more times, but try and just remember that it's okay to not be okay sometimes. And having MS, it is crap, but you're all right. You're and all right. you could use it as an opportunity to write about it. So uh, yeah, right? Well, again, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and sharing your beautiful book with us. And um, I hope that we will connect again soon in the future and, and see what new you're up to. Oh, we will. We will. Um, I, I've, I've got more. I've got more going on behind the scenes, shall we say. But um, I have to keep everything close to my chest until the time because otherwise I set myself up for failure because I'll feel the pressure. I'll feel the pressure. So, but yeah, we, we can definitely talk again next year and we can discuss what's next. Sounds good. Thank you again for being here. No, it's okay. I hope that you enjoyed listening to our conversation and learning more about Robbie and his incredible poetry. 
I also hope that we all, one, remember how important expression is as a tool for healing. Living with MS is not easy, and having a way to express ourselves to work our way through the challenges we face is incredibly therapeutic. Two, that we each consider finding our own creative pathway, whether it be poetry, some other form of written word, visual art like Adam St. George, music, dance, and so on, that works for us to transmute our pain into something beautiful that will help us and also potentially others in our shared MS community. And lastly, that if you're so moved, you'll support Robbie's efforts by purchasing his book Beneath the Tracksuit and join his Facebook group to read his current poetry and connect with him and his growing supportive community. And remember, if you have someone in your life with whom you struggle to explain how you're feeling, Robbie's book can help them to better understand the challenges we face. Our next Misunderstood Flock meeting will be Saturday, September 3rd. Robbie will be there this month, so I hope Flock members will join me to chat further with him about his poetry and lived experience with MS. At the Flock meeting, we'll also discuss other episodes released this month, and we'll spend some time together celebrating recent wins and supporting one another with current hardships. If you're not yet a Flock member but would like to be, please join us. We are all people living with MS that meet via Zoom every month to support each other and continue our learning on the episode topics. You can learn more and join us by visiting patreon.com slash msflock. As always, I encourage all listeners to reach out with MS-related questions, comments, future podcast topics, or guest ideas via email to mymsflock at gmail.com. And lastly, remember, as we travel through life with MS, we're certain to hit turbulence. We'll get through it, especially if we're flying together, supporting one another, and honking our encouragement. As always, thank you for listening, and until next time, be well.